Today, we're talking all about franchises, specifically non-food franchise business systems. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. All right, today I'm answering a comment left by Jennifer A., who says, hi, David, I purchased your course a couple of years back and have learned a lot watching your YouTube videos. Thank you very much, Jennifer. I really appreciate it when people sign up uh, for my online programs. Uh, would you mind sharing or perhaps even creating a video about non-food franchises and whether they are worth worthy of investing? I've heard quite a bit about a, and this is a, she makes reference to a consulting company that I've never heard of. Um, and I'm wondering if you know anything about them. If I decide to pursue a business opportunity with them, would it be possible to consult with you as well before and during the process? Thank you, Jennifer. So uh, first of all, um, yes, Jennifer, um, people sometimes do hire me to uh, go through franchise disclosure documents. Um, and uh, if anyone out there wants to do a call with me, if you look down in the show notes uh, or here, I'll put it on the screen. The website or URL calldavidbarnett.com leads you directly to a spot on my blog where there are booking links for people to, to book a call. And so sometimes we'll be, people will have me read a franchise disclosure document uh, from a business point of view. I'm not, a, not an attorney, uh, but just to highlight things that are of concern to me or, or things that I would want to ask and have answered before moving forward. Now, uh, if you don't know, uh, I did write a book in 2015 called Franchise Warnings, um, and it is available um, on Amazon in audio, Kindle, and paperback. And um, to make things easy, what I what I did a while back is I created a reading list on Amazon. So I, I created what they call an Amazon bookstore or influencer store, I think they call it. Um, and so it's just a very easy way for me to manage a reading list or to pool together all the books that I've read and I recommend that, you know, I think are good books. My books, of course, are in that list, obviously. Um, and so it's scrolling across the bottom there. If you go to www.dcbbooklist.com, that, that will take you directly to that Amazon uh, store. And uh, just for the, in the, in, for the purpose of full disclosure, yes, I do earn a commission if you buy something on there. Um, it's 4%, I think. But it, it's just an easy way for me to manage uh, the, the recommended reading list, as it were. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, I've got that scrolling across the bottom of the screen. So let's talk about franchises. And it's interesting that, that Jennifer actually says non-food franchises. And I think um, it's interesting because, of course, in the world of franchising, franchising became was made what it is today by people like McDonald's, right? where it's it's a restaurant and it was one of the first categories that really exploded i think and made franchising uh, uh as a business model uh put it front and center in front of people saying hey this is a way that you can own your own business and not have to reinvent the wheel not have to do everything from scratch you can kind of you know 
and get this thing that is already all set up for you and you just have to run it, right? And <clears throat> as things evolved, um, you know, at one point, this is something I've said before, but at one point, people wanted to own a McDonald's franchise because they knew they'd become wealthy. And now, if you ever watch the movie Founder, which is about Ray Kroc, who bought McDonald's and then brought it into the franchise world and expanded it tremendously, um, a lot of people know that story. And a lot of people don't necessarily want to own a franchise. They want to be Ray Kroc. They want to create their own franchise system so that they can get money coming to them all the time in the form of royalties. And so the number of franchise systems out there has just proliferated like crazy. Um, a couple of guys who I've interviewed on this channel include Giuseppe Grammatico, uh, who is actively a franchise broker. And he said in my interviews with him that there are, you know, thousands of franchise networks. He only, you know, directs people towards, I think it was a couple hundred out of the universe of thousands. And then another guy I've had on the channel before is Joel Libova, uh, who goes by the handle of the Franchise King. And he similarly talks about how there's this huge number of franchise networks and more of them coming all the time and some of them closing up all the time. Uh, and so there's just all of these different things that people are trying to get out there. They're trying to float them as systems um, and they're trying to get people like you to say, I'm going to buy one of these franchise systems because it will make it easier for me to get into business, right? So one of the things I point out in my book, Franchise Warnings, is that if you open a brand new franchise location, you face some of the same challenges that any new business starts up, startup does, which is that you've got to lure clients away from wherever they're shopping today and get them to come to your business instead. So, so you still have the problem of no customers. Hopefully, all of the systems and, and the way that you run the business is going to be better set up and organized for you because that's going to be provided to you by the franchisor. So I put down five of my top questions that I'm thinking about when I help someone analyze a franchise opportunity. And I hope that this is helpful to Jen and to all the other people out there who've kind of thought about franchising at different points. Um, the very first question is, what is the value in the name? And so I already mentioned McDonald's. I don't think there's anybody watching who hasn't probably been in a McDonald's. And I would, I would be willing to bet, you know, at least $10 that everyone watching this video has eaten at McDonald's, right? It's just that ubiquitous. And so obviously, if I was going to buy a McDonald's franchise, I would know that almost everyone in my market already knew what it was. Right. So that's what I mean by is there value in the name? Is there recognition in the name? One of the great examples I like to point out is that uh, it was only maybe 10 or 12 years ago that uh, Papa John's opened up here in my city where I live. Um, but anyone who's been subscribing to cable has been watching Papa John's ads on television here for like 30 years or whenever they got started. I don't even know. And so when that person opened up the Papa John's franchise here in town, there was already value in the name. People knew that name, right? And not just from traveling, but people had been watching, you know, American television networks. They've seen the Papa John's ads on TV. He opened up and all of a sudden now, there you go. We can now shop at the place we already recognize tremendous value in the name. And so that's what I mean by that, because a lot of these new franchise systems, if they're just getting going 
or if they're regional, you know, if they are the biggest, you know, franchise network in, you know, basement uh, crack repair in uh, the South, right? And you're going to be the first person in Illinois to open one. This is the question. Is there value in the name? Are the people in my market area going to already recognize that name and know what it is? Or am I the person who's going to have to spend all of the money and put all of the effort into promoting this brand name, which I don't own, right? And, and, and here, this is the rub, because if there's no value in the name, then the question is, if I'm going to create the value in the name, do I want to be creating the value in the name of the franchise? Or do I want to create my own new brand? if I'm going to be willing to start a business from scratch, right? So I'll let you answer that, but that's the first question. Is there value in the name? Number two, what will they do for you? So, so what is it that they're going to do for you? Now, everyone is focused on the startup and the initial training and the operations manual and all that kind of stuff. You pay a franchise fee and it covers all of that initial setup training, et cetera. But then you have to pay royalties and marketing fees going forward, typically. And so my question is, is what do you get for that, right? What ongoing service are they going to provide? So, you know, let's bring back, let's go back to McDonald's. So, you know, what does McDonald's do for their franchisees? Well, they do these national advertising campaigns on TV, you know, uh, major league sports sponsorships, perhaps, billboard campaigns. Uh, the other thing they do is they create these seasonal or regional specials. So uh, at a certain time of year here in the Maritimes, uh, billboards will go up for the McLobster Deluxe. And I know that that's not available everywhere, but uh, for a brief period of time every year, there's a lobster roll at McDonald's. And so all of the promotion, everything that goes into making that feasible and available to the local franchisees that takes a certain head office effort and if you're an independent restaurant for example having a seasonally changing menu with all of the advertising promotion point of sale effort that mcdonald's can provide to their franchisees is going to take a lot of effort on the part of the restaurant and so there definitely is a value that the franchisee is getting for paying those royalty and advertising fees every month they're, they're getting part of the job of running the business is being taken care of by the head office, right? And that's the kind of thing you want to analyze is you want to say, what is it that I'm going to be paying on an ongoing basis? And what do I get for that money? What, what will be coming back to me? And different franchises have different strengths and weaknesses. So for example, uh, there's a regional food franchise here where I live, which has very weak enforcement and standards. And so people will actually refer to these restaurants by the towns that they're in. They all have the different name. They'll say, oh, I like the, I'm not going to say the name of it, but I like the whatever restaurant in this town. It's so much better than this town, right? That's not good. If, if, if you're going to be buying into a franchise brand, you want to have that homogeneity. You want to have that homogenous experience. You want people to know that if they like it in one town, they're going to feel the same way about it in your restaurant. You don't want things to become you know, divided between different locations. That's a bad thing. 
So you want to make sure that you're getting value. You want to make sure that the franchise system is providing what they claim they're going to be able to do. Um, I have direct personal experience with a franchise network that was trying to grow very quickly. And in order to grow very quickly, they had a very low uh, franchise fee. Um, and so it made it very attractive. However, because their franchise fee was so low, it meant that honestly, the people that had office could not deliver on part of their promise. And so many of the new franchisees were kind of left on their own to figure things out. They didn't have any kind of ongoing coaching support and they didn't have anyone from head office coming to visit them, to do training, to make sure their staff was doing things properly, to enforce standards, the way things are supposed to be done for the customers because the head office just couldn't afford it because they weren't charging the franchisees enough money, right? And so it's not just about trying to be cheap or value shopping. It's about what do I pay and what do I get? And is there value in what I get? And is it going to make sure that I'm operating correctly and getting the coaching training support that I need to be successful and that the other people in the network similarly are getting that kind of support so that the customer experience can be uh, the same across the network, right? So these are conversations that obviously you're going to have with the franchisor, but you're probably going to have to have these uh, conversations with existing franchisees as well as you do your due diligence when you're learning about the franchise. Um, so that's question number two. What will they do for you and what do you have to pay for it? Question number three, can you replicate this on your own? So what are they, what are they gonna teach you how to do? They're gonna teach you a specific system for how to accomplish X, right? That's what they're gonna do. So then the question is, could you do it on your own cheaper? So in my book, Franchise Warnings, what I suggest people do is if you, and I give the example of a food franchise, but if you see a certain kind of restaurant franchise and you go, okay, this is what I'm going to get, you know, go explore the idea of what it would cost for you to create your own. What would it cost to have a professionally designed logo? What would it cost to work with an interior designer who's going to give you a franchise look and feel in your independent restaurant, right? What would it cost you to replicate it on your own? Um, you might be surprised, especially with the way technology and services are going today. Um, you can hire some top-notch talent, you know, through through various services online. Um, you can actually find people who've done similar work for franchise networks. And obviously, when you hire them, you get to lean upon the experience and learning curve that they went through working for the franchise clients, right? And so I've actually got a friend here locally that I know who's opened several restaurants over the course of his career um, and has done this, where he's gone and hired designers and experts, and he's created franchise-like brands uh, that he owns independently. And so it's something that you might be able to do too. So that's question number three. Um, is there an alternative provider? That's question number four. Is there an alternative provider? So I uh, recently went down to Boston with my daughter for a concert. And on the way back, uh, we drove by a little independent restaurant and they had a Broaster Chicken sign up, right? And so for those of you who don't know, Broaster Chicken is a manufacturer of deep frying equipment. And so they 
create the equipment that lets you create that lets you make good uh, fried chicken, right? And so I use this again as an example in my book, uh, Franchise Warnings, because I talk about how you could buy a fried chicken franchise, and then you have all that branding and everything that you're tied into, and you're paying royalty fees on an ongoing basis. What Broaster Chicken does is they just sell you the equipment, and if you want to, you can use the name, right? And they'll they'll sell you spices and all that other stuff that you need to run, and so you'll run into a lot of little towns. Uh, across the world where you'll see a little independent restaurant, but they'll have a broaster chicken sign up. And they're kind of like leaning on this quasi half franchise brand uh, where they get to use the name because they have the equipment. At the same time, there's all kinds of people who have the equipment that don't use the name. So I know, for example, uh, a, a hotel that has broaster chicken equipment and they advertise, you know, their their authentic style fried chicken all over the place, all over the menu throughout the hotel. But they don't use the name Broaster Chicken, right? It's just, but they're making a great authentic product because they're leaning on all of the experience and help that that company is providing to them. So this would be question number four. Is there any kind of alternative uh, provider that could give you the same kind of information? and Basically, who you think about is anyone who's got an interest in selling you stuff to be in that industry could very well be providing the framework that you need. Uh, another place where I've seen this is in oil changes. So uh, I helped somebody at one time look at a business opportunity. I think it was mobile, um, mobile lubricants. If you want to open one of those quick change oil places and you will and you'll you'll buy your oil from mobile. They've got a whole branding package that you can just have. Yeah. When I when I helped someone examine this, it was about 10 years ago. Um, they, they would say, like, yeah, if you want to use our oil, you can just have this. And they had operations manuals and forms and marketing and branding all done. You can just have. Uh, because of course their interest is in selling the oil. They they want you to be a customer long term. Um now here's question number five, and this is a, this is a big one, and it requires a little bit of a crystal ball gazing on your part. How might the franchise hinder your future growth? So I ran into this one recently in a big way. Um, one of the members of the Business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program looked at an opportunity for which was a franchise resale, um, and I love franchise resales because you can actually look and see what the current owner is doing with it. So you can analyze it like an actual operating business, but, um, he liked it and he started getting deeper and deeper into the analysis and eventually got to the point where he was looking at the franchise disclosure document and learning about the franchisor. And what he learned is that the franchisor, and, and there are several of these nowadays, the franchisor actually owned a constellation of franchise brands, like 25 different brands, most of them in the home services sectors. And so he was looking at one of them. And one of the things that said in the franchise agreement is that you could not own another business that competed with the brand you were signed up with or any of the other brands in the constellation or future brands in the constellation right and so what this would have meant is that if he had bought that franchise and signed the franchise agreement he would have been penned in to a geographical territory 
that his franchise agreement described, and it would limit his ability to get into other kinds of businesses. He couldn't you know, buy another business in a different space if he would be competing with one of the other brands. And of course, the reason why the franchisor is doing that is because they want to sell multiple franchises to the same people in the same territories, right? Service Master was one of the people that pioneered this. You know, you've got your lawn maintenance, your carpet cleaning, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's a bunch of them that they do. Uh, flood and fire restoration, I think. So, so that can limit yourself in the future. So that's that's question number five. So, Jen, I hope that was helpful to you. Um, thanks a lot for having taken my course. Uh, of course, if you want to join Jennifer and the other students uh, who've learned how to examine and buy businesses in a risk-controlled way, head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can learn all about that. Um, and, um, and with that, thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you later. Great, great question. And uh, keep them coming in the comments down below, everybody. Uh, I love to see comments uh, come in because it gives me uh, an opportunity to, to create new videos. And uh, of course, it's always a lot of fun. With that, I'll see you later. Bye. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos.